Hey, this week on Two Dynamite Dudes, Marcus and I discuss what was a very lively week on AEW, which included a Saturday night Dynamite and an intense Friday night Rampage that had Brian Danielson taking on Minoru Suzuki, and then following that up with Brian Danielson taking on Bobby Fish. The AEW Eliminator Tournament set for full gear, Adam Page's intense cowboy shit promo. We also had America's Top Team battling Chris Jericho in the Inner Circle and the Aftermath. What's going on? I'll tell you what's going on. It is two, two who? Oh, two Dynamite Dudes on a rampage. And this is your host of WrestleZone.com, Dominic, the writer, D'Angelo, along with my degenerate dipshit face brother, Marcus D'Angelo of AdFreeShows.com. Marcus, how are you today? I'm doing well. How are you, Dom? Good. Happy uh, Dynamite Saturday. I'll tell you what, man. I miss the days of being able to shout into my microphone. I don't don't think I'll ever get to do it again. Now you're with a child and... The child is sleeping. I'm very NPR nowadays uh, when we do podcasts. NP- I don't know. You're more like um, coast to coast. Oh, no. An early run and early. Run early run. <laughs> Jeez. Oh, man. The utter disrespect. What a show. Starting off on Saturday night, we get the dehumidifier already hitting. Marcus, Dude, is, how do you is, not? How do you is, not? Already turned this off at the point. This is the biggest heel on our podcast, my dehumidifier. Yeah, you're the second biggest heel. (laughs) You're a jobber of this show. Oh, hey, Nesha's here. What's up, Steven? All right. What's up, guys? Hey, uh, thank you for joining us as always. And yeah, let's let's get into it. Let's talk uh, about a very awesome episode of Dynamite. And Rampage, too. And Rampage. Uh, Yeah, so uh, where should we start, Marcus? Is there anything in particular you want to start off with? Well, we're playing the hits, baby. So, uh, Dom, you you are host. So, please, by all means, uh, take the reins. Well, let's go with this. Uh, I think one of the biggest takeaways was none other than Hangman's cowboy shit promo. I thought, holy, if you want to lay down the groundwork for reestablishing Hangman after like the roller coaster of a AEW career he's had so far. Uh, this was the way to do it, and um, maybe going to maybe going away was the best thing that ever happened to him. You know, going away for a little bit, kind of getting to hit the restart button on it. Um, I I'm liking what I'm seeing, dude. What's up, RJ? Thanks for joining us. Um, yeah, I, I love the promo and Dominic. More and more week after week, I said it last week. I'm saying it again. He is he is today's TA Magnum. He's yeah. Magnum TA rather. Mag- <laughs> uh, um, I'm a little sleepy. Uh, he's today's Magnum TA beyond a shadow of a doubt. Um, that promo solidified it. I mean, he's uh, Dom. Is he going to win the the World Heavyweight Championship from Kenny Omega? Yeah, I think so. Full gear. That's his. That's his term. Like that was his. 
their inside term for the elite was Adam Cole full gear. You going full gear? And uh, I, I think it's just serendipity, man. And you know what? You said it too, like the fact that he went away, but also the fact that he didn't like he was proud of the fact that he went away during the like for the birth of his baby boy. Like I thought that was such a one of the best parts of the promo was him saying that. And like, you know, that's cowboy shit. And then cowboy shit is like coming back. Like it was just great. It was a really, really good promo. I almost I would consider it a top three promo of the year so far out of every wrestling promotion. Nothing's more cowboy shit than becoming a father, Dominic. Changing poopy diapers. That's, that takes a that takes Clint Eastwood. You gotta to, you gotta lock eyes with that thing. Don't don't try to scoop hangman. <laughs> sorry, sorry. I'm just I I'm the consummate heel, dumb. Always working. Always trying to get your shit in, aren't you? Uh, uh, but no, Cowboys. dude. It was it was <laughs> dad shit. Uh, <laughs> it, it was no. It was it was great, dude. I'm, I'm loving that he's back. Uh, I see like the high level megastar if he's treated properly here. Yeah, right. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I think uh, they're in the right direction of it all, and I think it's the way to handle it, man. Absolutely. Morgan, can you turn the volume down on your computer. I think I can hear me on you. There's no way that you can because I'm wearing an earbud right now. That's really weird. Maybe I will put in earbuds. Uh, there you I go. Never mind. Uh, just unprofessional. I don't know what's going on. Uh, uh, anyways, let's start with what else we got going, Mark. What else we got? Well, um, let's 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 read what uh, some of our uh, some of our people here have to say, go Dominic. I'm gonna grab oh. headphones because I am hearing me quite a bit. Yeah, um, Nesha, you were saying that uh, Adam Page is who we were saying should be Kenny. Yeah, we were saying that like before he even got injured. You know, I believe he was he was about to take him on at the pay per view. Uh, what pay per view? I don't recall. Uh, Might have been all out. But in any case, um, we were saying like, hey, like listen to the crowd reaction. I mean, you can't pay for that kind of a reaction for a wrestler, and he was getting it. Um, and then he had to go away, unfortunately. So we were all like, okay, we're shifting. We're shifting gears to Daniel Bryan or CM Punk. Somebody else is going to come into the title picture. But I'm loving that Tony Khan is staying in the pocket. And he's saying, nope, the crowd loves Hangman Page. I'm sticking with Hangman Page. Dominic, it's foregone conclusion to me. Hangman Page is the next AEW World Heavyweight Champion. I'm with you. Can you hear me okay? Yep, I got you. Okay, I'm with you on that. I think I really do think he's going to win it. And I think it's the right thing to do. You know, and uh, Stephen Chambers agrees too. He's saying Hangman versus Omega, potential match of the year. Great promo, great job of AEW building up this match. I can't argue it. I mean, Tony Khan, Dominic, is on it. I, I he, the, the guy gets it. Um, and I think that you know, for all of the faults that he had, some of the growing pains that he was having initially, I mean, like he's made he's more more than made up for it with the booking he's had of, of late. When's the last time I gave a bad Meltzer, Marcus Meltzer rating? It's been forever, it's been forever forever a long long time um yeah this is this is pro wrestling this is pro, what pro wrestling is meant to be i can't wait to talk about that miro uh promo oh, yes from Marcus, tonight thanks for reminding me about that we'll 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 tackle that next before we finish this stuff up mm-hmm. but um rj says i really don't see page beating kenny my gut says danielson now i wouldn't mind it but i think they would have they would have done it already i don't think so i think um you know, it's just it makes sense right now to uh, give it to Hangman. Like, if he were to not, if he were to lose to Kenny again, I that would not benefit Hangman whatsoever. Um, it just wouldn't. 
it wouldn't be the right thing to do, I don't think. So so we're looking at an eliminator tournament, Dominic, and maybe you can educate me. Maybe maybe we can educate some of the people here in our chat. Um, what is the story with this eliminator tournament? Does the final of the tournament take place at full gear? Is that final is that takes place at full gear, correct? I understand. Okay. So here's what I think is going to happen is that so Daniel Bryan is coming, he's red hot, nobody's beating him, nobody can beat him. Um, great match with Bobby Fish tonight. Can't wait to yeah, discuss that a little bit. Unbelievable match with a cool finish. Um, but in any case, Great I, story. somebody has to be Daniel Bryan. And I think that the right person for it is Daniel Bryan wins this tournament. Hangman Page wins Who, the Marcus? title. Who? I, I'm sorry. Uh, Brian Danielson wins this tournament. Hangman Page wins the title. And then Hangman Page hands Brian Danielson his first loss in I AEW. I just thinking the same thing, too. And guess what? They ended on a handshake, just like a, a double baby face match is supposed to go. Right, right. And then they go battle the elite. There it is. There you go. Um, yeah, I like the. Do you know all the matches in the eliminated tournament? Uh, yeah, I just saw. I just saw what they laid out. Actually, my wife and I always keep closed captions on the TV, um, just because we watch it at night and the kids asleep. Upper left hand corner, I couldn't see. I saw it said the dark. So it's somebody from the dark order, isn't it? Ten. It's ten versus. Okay. One. All right. Uh, how about how about that for a match though? Uh, Vance, uh, Preston Vance, rather taking on Mox, and Mox is looking like an absolute savage of late. Um, so yeah, it should be fun. Can we see? A, is that what the other thing? Are we seeing a heel turn from John Mox? I I think this is just him. This is just his character, right? Where he's just like this complete fucking maniac. He just got done wrestling uh, Nick Gage, and uh, and now he's like coming in here. And he's just like he's like this Tasmanian devil. A tornado ripping through and people get sucked in he blows them out and he's on his way you know what i'm not totally uh i i think he might be turning heel i don't like, know whatever's going on with him i don't hate it look what will he did to william utah earlier in the night like it just squashed him and um you know for weeks on end he's been like kind of taking digs at a lot of babyface guys like christian cage and like a lot of different things where it's like okay he's and like uh even it, the what he does in the ring too is a little bit more different too it's just um i don't know i think it's uh we might be seeing mox turning uh the old heel here sooner than later or maybe i mean later. i mean i wouldn't hate it uh there's a lot of baby faces right now um not a ton of strong heels in AEW right now you know I, I mean obviously we've got the elite we've got mjf we've got miro uh who i think is the strongest heel maybe in pro wrestling right now um but but uh yeah i wouldn't hate seeing mox as a heel plus like how fun would it be to see him battling against the likes of cm punk uh hangman page uh, brian danielson the list goes on like, uh, yeah, you can really go on. And um, I don't know, like, the, if the tables turn, too, because Mox and Eddie have been friends. And Eddie, babyface Eddie, friend of the show, going up against a, a heel Mox sometime down the line, that'd be nice. I wouldn't mind, though, Marcus, if they really did slow play a Mox heel turn just over the course of time. Just take your time with it. But, you know, I think I think what they're doing right now is fine where he's kind of like he's just such a badass. He comes off like a heel sometimes. Yeah. Uh, Dominic, I'm looking here what uh, RJ's got to say, too. He's saying that Preston will show a lot of people what he's all about against Mox. I think Preston Vance has a lot of potential, world of potential. Great build, uh, great polished ring skills. Um, not crazy about the fact that he's under a hood all the time. I think he's a nice looking dude and he, he can work. Uh, so take that thing off him. Let him, let him, you know, have some facial expressions and really show what he can do out there in the ring. But yeah, I like the idea of him versus Mox. I, I can see it being a good match. Yeah, no, I can see it too, man. I think it's going to be real good. Um, 
and like then Archer is taking on Kingston. Uh, and I'm very excited for this one, Marcus. Dustin Rhodes versus Brian Danielson. I saw that and I popped. Um, when I saw it on my TV, I was like, all right. I think I may have said it out loud or to my cat. He was beside me. <laughs> the cat was hanging out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's ready to go. So now, I have to say it's somebody. Nesha says that that match is next week. Is that true? Or is it? I know that the tournament starts next week. I, I don't necessarily know that. Hobbs is fighting um, Orange Cassidy. That'll be fun. That's next week. That'll be a fun one. Who goes over there? I'm saying, okay, it just makes, okay, Orange is going to go over Hobbs because look at what Mox did to Wheeler, Utah. And, uh, uh, I don't know if it's, it's pronounced Utah, it's like not, the state. Utah, Utah, <laughs> not Utah. <laughs> uh, you're right, Dom. No, you're right. Orange is going to win. And, you know, it's a, uh, it could be a good opportunity for Mox to finalize his heel turn, by the way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's see what other comments we got. Leyland says, I think Evil Uno is really Bubba Ray. He might be Mick Foley. How about that? How about that? Little uh, mandible claw with Mr. Sacco, nonetheless. And Leland's out of Richmond, Virginia, saying down there. I used to live in uh, Culpeper, Virginia. Marcus, nobody gives a fuck. Oh, okay. My God. Dominic, if my kid weren't asleep, I would yell at you. (laughs) (laughs) What a father. Uh, Steven, Steven, his dad shit. Uh, Steven Chambers is saying Orange versus Hobbs is a rampage next week, Dominic, for your information. Yeah. And then so is. There's another one in there too. I think it maybe it is. Maybe Nesh is right. Maybe it is um Dustin versus Brian. Uh but yes, Marcus, hey, geez, another thing we're missing. Your boys, our boys, FTR, triple A tag team champs. That was something. Um it had a very old school wrestling vibe to it, but mm-hmm. in a really fun way. Yeah. Uh I felt like something you'd see at the sportatorium, but uh it was it was good and it worked. And I loved, uh, I love that everybody just knew. Like the minute they came out, I was like, "That's FTR." <laughs> um, and I'll tell you what, I the fact that FTR was kind of sort of working alongside uh, Andrade El Idolo, I know that uh, at the end of that, MJF said, "Like, hey, so this is it. This is the end of our partnership." I wouldn't mind seeing Andrade El Idolo join the Pinnacle. I was thinking the same thing. He fits, I, doesn't yeah, he? he? Really does. But also, um, did. I thought he was paying them for one night to tag together. So I thought that was coming up. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. know Let's, we'll see what happens. But yeah. I, I like Andrade El Idolo. I like the pinnacle as, as an idea of a, of a uh, faction. I don't know if the execution has been perfect so far, but it's been good. Um, so, yeah, I, I think it could be fun to see them join forces. Yeah, I wouldn't be against Andrade joining. I think that would just enhance, especially if MJF and him started tagging together a little bit too. I think that would be... Be the way to go. No doubt. So, um, yes. Uh, and that was a good match, too. Like, that, the crowd really got into that, FTR versus um, the Lucha Brothers. And, you know, it just sets it up for more. More time to happen for it. So, uh, uh, James, Espanto, Fernando, Taguay. Uh, oh, digging. Dan, good dynamite and rampage. Yeah, man, good stuff. Uh, welcome, welcome to everybody. Thanks for joining us here. Uh, Dominic, are we going to talk about fucking Miro for the love of God? Let's talk about Miro. 
It was a great promo. We can move on though. Um, <laughs> no, no, I mean, I like it and it kind of fit what I was saying before. Did it not? Uh, where yeah. it's like, he sort of kind of like this kind of was a breaking point for him. It kind of goes off the rails even further, takes an even deeper dive uh, into this whole like religious, like hating himself kind of a, an angle. And like, dude, it, it, it works for me. And like, he's got these one liners in every single promo he does now. It's like, it's very, very Arn Anderson esque, where it's like every single promo, he kind of punctuates it with like just a little flavor. Um, and this time it was, you gave me a body of granite and a neck of sand. I was like, what a fucking line, <laughs> you know? But, uh, but man, uh, no momentum stopped for me as far as I'm concerned with Miro. You I know? think it built momentum because you look at it from a story perspective. He's like God's favorite champion. He's doing it for his God. He's doing it for his wife. Uh, why is this not my freaking thing is not charging? Um, yes, crazy unprofessional. It is unprofessional. I'm gonna, to probably, <laughs> I'm gonna have to leave the room, but he's doing it for you know all that stuff. And then he he's like, now I'm gonna kind of exact vengeance on everybody else. And then I'm going to make you. I'm gonna make me your champion again and all that stuff. And so it's like really heal shit. Like all that fake piety is like paying off. So I think it's really well done. Marcus, I got to exit so I can plug this freaking computer in the right way. Yeah. So, yeah. Go ahead. Do your thing, man. All right. Um, Kevin Davis, what's up? I'm doing well. Uh, Dom's doing well. We're both staying safe. Um, yeah. I mean, as far as Miro's concerned, um, you know, I've said it week after week. Miro to me is, I mean, he's the perfect combination of old school with uh, what they were trying to do with Bill Goldberg. But then you take a look at uh, his promo ability um, with his in-ring ability, uh, his, his overall look and this gimmick, which is like very like kind of religious based. And Miro is doing something that we have not seen anybody else do ever in wrestling that's what i like about him so much and i'm sure that some of you guys who are in this chat every week uh probably get tired of me of uh, uh putting over Miro week after week but you gotta admit like this guy has been out of control good and week after week strong promo strong pre-tape promos uh strong ring work you can just see the polish you can see the tiny nuance that he addresses in everything that he does and i'm telling you man it's it, i'm hoping that tony khan sees it he's a really bright guy i'm hoping that tony khan sees that he's got just lightning in a bottle when it comes to miro unbelievable talent um and yeah uh, more than anything unique there's nobody else like there like or rather like miro in wrestling there's nobody who like miro who's ever been in wrestling so yeah they've, they've got to put him over unbelievable it's yeah i mean it's just jump back in like they're setting him up to go on another like an even more intense run than what he did with the title i think like and it was to that point, Marcus, remember we were saying like, hey, I don't know if it will benefit him to lose the title, but I think he's gaining more heat this way. Like, I think they already set it up the right way, you know? I think if it's executed properly, then absolutely. But, you know, I I know I sound like just a wrestling fan when I say that he needs to uh, go undefeated for an extended period of time. But, like, honestly, it's the right thing to do with this guy. He needs to be, like, this unstoppable monster. Um, James, thanks for putting over our handles and whatnot. Yeah, thanks, brother. Uh, yeah, I always appreciate that. Especially WCW rewritten. Marcus, we're bringing it back, baby. <laughs> back. 
So you have uh, one day, it's, uh, 20, 28. Uh, <laughs> Dominic Nesha is, uh, she's calling for your fucking job, pal. Hey, <laughs> calling for my, they give me the old pink slip. <laughs> I'm getting out of Dodge. Um, Dominic name. Leland is saying he's a uh, real wrestling fan from way back. Uh, he's glad that AEW came out. It does remind him of WCW and NWA, AWA, Smoky Mountain Wrestling. That's what I like about AEW, Dominic, is it does feel like a little bit of the old school makes a little bit of new school. Um, we've got the Young Buck style. We've got this this new kind of, uh, I guess a lot of people refer to it as like a gymnastic style. But yeah. we've also got some very old school classic workers, very Bobby Eaton-esque workers. And, you know, of course, FTR. Um, and Miro, I think, shows a lot. I mean, Miro, you could have slid him right into Smoky Mountain Wrestling and he'd have been a, the biggest draw in the history of the business. Um, so, yeah, it's... Uh, that's what in that category, too, I would say. What's that? Punk fits in that category too. I would say no question about it. Dan Brian Danielson. MJF. Um, yep. So the, I mean, that's that's what makes AEW great, man. Is uh, they've they've kind of taken a little sample from everything and perfected it. Yeah, absolutely, man. It's yeah. This was a really. I mean, I know we'll get to this later, but this was a really solid show. I think. Um, and speaking of which, it kicked off with a very solid match in Malachi Black versus Dante Martin. Yeah. I was super impressed just with um, how Malachi Black is just able to handle himself. And then Dante Martin was a very, very good compliment. And I liked the story of him just using the springboard too, con too much. And uh, Malachi scoped it out. And that's how he ended up losing was because of that. Um, it's unique. It, who who else comes up with that stuff? Who else in, incorporates that into a storyline that like, oh, yeah, he's got this ability, but it's it's actually going to work against him if he keeps going to the well. I mean, yeah. I haven't seen that before. So, I mean, you know, we're breaking we're breaking ground week after week. And Steven just said it. Dante's the future of AEW. I like Dante from the first time I saw him. Uh, unbelievable raw athleticism. And here's but here's what's more important about him is that he knows how to sell. Um, I, I like that he sells. I think he needs to lean into it more. He's like a great athlete. He's got incredible jump, uh, radius, like just unbelievable hops. Um, but that's to me, that's one of the least important things about his game. A dude who looks like him, very slight of frame, kind of like a baby face, a literal baby face. It doesn't look like he's he's got much much facial hair yet. Um, but like this this easy baby face, you could have like Ricky Morton esque matches Jeff with Hardy, him. Jeff Hardy, like guys. That yes, make, like, that's a great sell, comparison. Just, yeah, and he's like the new wave of like high flying, like unique talent. It's like, hey, that's Jeff Hardy, man. So no question. Yeah, it was a, I just, and I'm so like, after that match finished too, I was like, I want CM Punk versus Malachi Blackfeet so bad. Like, I was like, man, just how those two would compliment one another so well. How fun would that be? I'm, I'm pumped for that. You know what else I thought tonight, though, Dom, is, you know, we've talked about how we should maybe have an intergender tag team belt. Um, how fun would it be to see Ruby Soho with CM Punk? No, that'd be great. Oh, that's really cool. That's a really good idea. Man. Yeah, I loved it, and I know we're bouncing all over, but I love JR's references. He not only mentioned uh, the Eagles, with which he woman, he got in Don Johnson, Miami Vice, and then he also uh, said, uh, Ruby, don't take your love to town, which is Kenny Rogers. So I was all, JR was nailing the references for me today. He was hitting them. He was hitting all the good spots for me. Um, Mark, somebody that is, looks like the feud is continuing with Malachi Black is Cody Rhodes. 
and uh, that whole uh, video package, well, not a video package, but cutscene that they had where he goes to the Rhodes, Dustin Rhodes' Rhodes Academy, and there's all the Nightmare family uh, trying to give him some tough love and Orange showing him the ropes in the ring. What's the the drill, the bull? What is it? Bull, five bulls, something like that. Dang it. I've heard it before, and I could not keep it in my head. But they did the bull drill or whatever it is. And, uh, you know, Cody was getting slugged, and he's like, I'm not learning anything. And then Orange shows him a picture of his daddy with uh, who was it with? Uh, it was it was uh, his dad against Arn and actually oh, a, okay. and actually a bull rope match. Oh, um, so you're talking about this bull drill? Um, that was a bull rope match yes. from I believe either early '86 or late '85. Is it bull in the woods? Is that what it is? Uh, Dusty Rhodes calls himself the bull of the woods, baby. Yeah, baby, let's do it. I'm bull <laughs> of the woods. Um, uh, yeah, uh, it was, it, dude. It was it was a cool pre-tape. Um, I love that Arn is is playing the Mick to his, his Rocky where it's like, you know, he's, it's almost like a very, you've got to hit rock bottom before you can climb, start making your climb back to the top. Cause uh, you know, as, as the saying goes, like the journeys, the journey, the journey is more important than the destination. And I think that Cody Rhodes is kind of hitting the restart button on his, on his journey as a wrestler, which is, I mean, it's always good. You know, because now every time Cody Rhodes comes out, we're not thinking like, oh, it's it's more Cody Rhodes. Uh, it, now it's like, OK, Cody Rhodes is the underdog again. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, it's neat to see. It's like um, I'm curious how the crowd is going to react. Will he ultimately get a babyface reaction or will the crowd still be sour on him? I'm I'm curious how they're going to like not necessarily write the ship because you can't control what a crowd does. But um, I do like the story being told and how they're trying to get it across and orange is great <laughs> he's good he understands uh simple psychology and it, it makes a difference just the way that he says things how he punctuates sentences um Arn, Arn, you can just tell i mean Arn anderson has been doing this uh since before you and i were born dominic and it's it plays on tv you can see it every single time dominic i have to address this from james thunder rosa and darby would be a great mixed tag team would they not would both of them have the half face paint situation i mean that's that's good yep. shit yeah, yeah that would be very awesome that would be very james, ah, yeah, I'm all for james hats off hats off intergender for that tag. booking mixed tag titles hook us up um let's see uh leyland says that ftr reminds him of the old arn anderson and tully blanchard tag team that's an an apt an apt comparison absolutely yeah, and you um, know they they've made no bones about it they uh, they they've come out on the record and said that's who they pattern themselves after so it's fun watching james brings up an interesting point here the forbidden door is open can we get jay lethal in AEW? Uh, so Marcus, before you say anything, there were a lot of ring of honor references tonight. Were there not? Yes, there were. And I mean, there's a lot of ring of honor alum right now in AEW. So, uh, makes sense to me, certainly. Um, but I mean, why not? Why, why can't we open the forbidden door? Uh, even even further, and uh, make turn that crack into a into a twelve inch opening. Make it a one of those western swinging doors. There you go. Uh, no, I'd, I'd love to see it, man. I like Jay Lethal a lot. I like a lot of the talent that's out there. You know, I'm uh, uh, Josh Alexander is another guy who I think would bring a lot to the table. I I could the list goes on and on. You know how I feel about Brian Myers. I think he's incredibly underrated talent. 
Um, there's just there's a lot of options out there, and it's cool that Tony Khan is taking advantage of all of them. Yeah, making the most of it. And, you know, um, it's neat to see, like, you know, Bobby Fish get a lot of action right mm-hmm. off the, right out of the gate. And uh, in some in some name matches, too. Now he fought Sammy Guevara. He fought Lee Moriarty on, uh, on the Rampage buy-in. And then, um, obviously, tonight in the main event against Brian Dane. I'm glad you brought up Bobby Fish because, uh, man, uh, you, know, you know who came to mind when I was watching him tonight was Kurt Angle. Wow. Um, yes, very, very similar, like, body language, body movement, um, I think. I'm not saying that, you know, he's, he's like, I mean, Kurt Angle, uh, he, we could say 2000, 2001, I would say was the best technical wrestler on the face of the planet. Um, so I'm not saying that Bobby Fish is there yet, but I'm seeing flashes of it. Well, I mean, Bobby Fish is very well established already, so I think he's got his own kind of unique style, but I think... Kurt Angle's a, you know, a fair comparison to him. Um, what I think is just cool is him and Brian Danielson, even just from a visual standpoint, I made this comparison on Twitter. Brian Danielson versus Bobby Fish is like Spider-Man versus Venom. Yes. Like they have that kind of, you know, oh, that's the perfect, like, they peanut fit butter well. and jelly match. Yeah, yeah, where it's just like, okay, you can totally see these guys going at it. If, like, they could always feud at some point or another, like, if Bobby Fish was like the pure antagonist to Brian Danielson's protagonist, it, it just made a lot of sense to that. For just even from a visual perspective. And then how they work in tandem with that. Um, man, what a story they told. Both of them working the legs and both of them like getting caught in their own, the same the leg hold at the same time. And just Brian getting the better of it, kicking the face off of Bobby and then locking him in that uh, modified heel hook was great. It was such an abrupt ending, too, and that's what I like about it is, you know, like I, a big thing in wrestling has now become the false finish where it's like everybody's got a false finish. Every match has three of them. You know, it's like, okay, the match has to be over. That was a devastating move, and the dude kicks out, and that happens many multiple times. What was cool about this match was that it this is this should be the new false finish where it's the abrupt finish where it's yes. like it, Brian Danielson does that to him, and it's like, okay, I mean, that, that looked like it would hurt your knee. Um, but no more than like a dragon screw would hurt your knee, right? It, like it looked like it would hurt. And then he locks him into what looks like a very basic hold and yeah. he taps out. And I was yes. like, that was a great finish. Mm-hmm. Um, because like most normal people, if you fucking torque their knee like that and then put them in a hold, you'd be like, yep, I'm done. I'm tapping out. That's <laughs> oh, God. Yep. <laughs> so no, I mean, it was cool. I want to see more stuff like that where it's like, I mean, Brian Danielson didn't hit the running knee. He didn't put him in like the cat, the cattle mutilation or whatever he calls that. Yeah, finisher. Uh, yeah, he didn't do. I mean, that was not a signature move. He just beat him because he heard he fucked up his knee too bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just like push came to shove and that's what happened. Right. Was, uh, you know, the, the greater wit prevailed there. I um, I yeah. And did you catch any of uh, the pre buying last night? Did you watch any of that stuff? I did not. Okay, so uh, Brian Danielson fought Minoru Suzuki, and holy shit, that's getting a lot of buzz and a lot of play on social media, but rightfully so, because... I heard it was they, a war. Yeah, laid it into one another. Real crazy. It was real good. And it's so hard for me to choose what match is better, because uh, they're both different, but they both tell a story. And, uh, and it's both Brian Danielson, who's my number one guy in wrestling. Like, so it's just... Um, yeah, it was super impressive. 
and very unique and stand out in a way. Like, I tell you what, Danielson is creating. You think about the matches he's been in so far in AEW. All of them have been memorable. All of them have been very, very good. So uh, it's it's been a real thrill so far. So, And then he's following that up with Dustin. <laughs> what a match that's going to be, too. I mean, Dustin, uh, how old is he now? I don't recall, but he, what, whatever age he's at, it doesn't matter. He hasn't like lost a 51 step. maybe or something? He's older than Jericho. The, uh, honestly, older than that, I think. you could put his work up today against his work, you know, 1995 oh, yeah. debut is gold dust. Yeah. You know, like he's he's still right there, still a great worker. Um, so it's fun to watch, and I am pumped up about uh, Danielson versus uh, Rhodes. Oh, man, me too, me too. I'm very excited for that. Um, Nish is too. Uh, Marcus, what else we got here? Oh, yes. Uh, so it was it was a short little uh, scene, but we had Britt Baker and Anna J uh, feuding there, just kicking it up. How do you like that going in? I like it. I like Anna J. You know, uh, you want to talk about Bremi with potential? I mean, she's got it. Um, I don't know that she's been able to, uh, Stephen Chambers saying Dustin's 52. Thanks, Stephen. Um, I don't know that, uh, the angle that she's in right now is a strong one for, her, you know, where she's just in the dark order and she's kind of like the glue that's holding them together. I don't know if that's enough for her because I think she's really talented, but you know, Hey, maybe, maybe putting her in an angle with somebody like Brit, it could help to get her over the top. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I think uh, it's a good way to, you know, and people, she is such a fan favorite. So uh, people get behind her, but Britt is such good on the mic. And she even just showed that like in that small little instance of like, Hey, no, they technically lost They're losers and you're a loser for hanging out with them. Like, and all that kind of thing. And so I thought it was really well played. Uh, I'm looking forward to that. I'm also looking forward to the TBS women's title tournament. Uh, it looks like Penelope Ford will be in it. Like it did nothing's confirmed, but they were hit, they were making play like, hey, this has stakes to be, you know, whatever happens here, you know, people are trying to make their play for their spot in the tournament. So Penelope gets the win, uh, she's going to be in it. I love um, Penelope Ford. What a finisher! What yeah. a great finisher she's got. Oh, um, a cool name too. What's the name of her finisher? I'm trying to think of it. Is. I don't recall. It's a good name, I think, for a finisher. I she's remember. she's someone that week after week trends upward. Just uh, every every single time she wrestles, I'm like, she's uh, last week she was great. This week she's a little better. Yeah, you know. So yeah. I mean, she's she's awesome. I see a, a great potential in her. Um, so yeah, she's been a lot of fun to watch. Do you think Britt joins the elite? Nesha I was just gonna I was just gonna ask you that question on behalf of Nesha. It's a good question. Uh, I think the answer should be no. Um, because what, what Brit is doing right now on her own is enough. Um, she's, she's really cementing her legacy right now as we speak. So, I mean, for her to join the elite would be akin to, uh, when Dusty Rhodes joined the NWO, right? Which wasn't, which I didn't hate, uh, just because I'm a Dusty Rhodes mark and an NWO mark, but, uh, I can see why it would be deemed an unnecessary move because it was it's a legacy already cemented. Uh, getting involved in somewhere that it really has no business getting involved. I think that was more like tongue in cheek with her referencing the elite and like Adam Cole, baby. Like, I think that was more just, Hey, you know, we're dating. Well, know. well, I know, but uh, it, no, it, I'm saying and I'm on saying paper, it me. makes sense. Does yeah, it not? That's what they, I, I, that's what I mean is like, I don't think we're going to, I don't want to see that her either join the elite. I think she's doing her own thing and they got to let her ride with it because if the spotlight's on her, 
you want to keep that on her, you know, you don't want it to spread thin and get saturated with it. Like all the elite guys are able to enhance themselves and, you know, already have it established, but Brit's like on a roll. So I don't think putting her in the elite, you know, later on down the road, if there's a story that fits it and maybe makes it make sense, uh, where like her and Adam Cole can be like this heelish power couple or something, but I almost wouldn't have that be an elite thing at that point. I just, I, they could do that down the road, far down the road. But um, yeah, I think at this moment, nah, I wouldn't put her in the elite. Uh, Dominic, is there a tournament or a battle royal going on for this TBS title? Oh, it's a tournament. It's a tournament. It is. Now, I was going to ask you, uh, they didn't say what the bracket is. They didn't announce how many people are in it. Um, if you were Tony Khan, how, how many people would you put in this tournament? 16. Um, yeah, that feels like a fair amount. I mean, it's a lot. 16 is a pretty big tournament. Uh, but that being said, you know, there's enough female talent that you could, uh, feature in it, uh, to make it worthwhile. Plus there's, there's some talent out there, um, who you could bring in to participate. You know, I'm thinking about people like, is, is Chelsea Green signed anywhere? I think she's like kind of just going and back and forth she's basically a free agent but she's you know she's done stints with impact obviously she's been in roh since she's been released um so she's making she's making some rounds and making towns and stuff like that but chelsea uh, green mickey james mickey james would be good diana perrazzo would be very good um but again i don't know if i were impact and diana like she's their champ so to put her in a tournament to lose i don't know if i'd necessarily do that um uh, it all depends on the nature of her loss. Yeah, I guess that's true too. You know, you could definitely tell a story of where she like loses somehow unjustly or something like that. Uh, Mercedes Martinez, that would be a great one. Steven mentioned her. Um, who else would you like to see? Kind of I mean, on, on paper, I'd like to see Tessa Blanchard involved. Mark, uh, that's not going to happen. Also, she's with WOW now, or WOW. So, uh, and that's already like getting some kind of crazy news and buzz going about it oh really yeah so um la rosa negra who i'm a huge fan of of mission pro that's remember where she made those comments to her allegedly i and oh okay so um i guess the report is i think according to fightful is that uh they signed tessa blanchard w-o-w did and then um the, the report is, is that they also reached out to La Rosa Negra and they were going to like kind of have this angle where, or like they patched things up or, or something like that, or it was an attempt to patch things up. And uh, La Rosa Negra was reportedly not happy with the offer or something like that. Like hmm. not happy with that decision, not like a money offered or anything like that. More so like what, what it was about. So, I mean, so I've said it before, I'll say it again, you know, if, if there's any truth to, to the uh, rumors surrounding Tessa Blanchard, she's got no place in the business. Nobody, nobody who is, is, has that opinion or certainly is willing to verbalize that opinion uh, in any way uh, has a place in the wrestling business. So if, if there's any truth to it, I'd sign La Rosa Negra and, uh, and go ahead and uh, show Tessa the door. Well, listen here, like you look at, I mean, this is off topic, but you look at the John Gruden emails and stuff like that. You say stuff like that. 
Uh, Marcus, we grew up in a rural town, mm-hmm. a very undiverse town. And so we're very familiar with how people act in that regard. And you making those kind of references, there's something deeper there <clears throat> than, uh, than meets the eye. So, right. There's, I mean, there's no place for it anywhere in the world. Um, right. So, so yeah, it's it, it, obviously if there's any truth to that situation, then yeah, I wouldn't want her. Not only do I not want her involved in AEW, I would prefer to not see her involved in pro wrestling. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think, uh, I don't think we're going to see her in AEW. Um, let's see here. We'll close out here pretty soon. But, Marcus, uh, how about Serena D? A little bit of the heel promo. Love it. Got a little. Little tease of it, little tease, but love it. She yeah. needs it. Um, you know, it's. I, I'm not going to say that she was not a strong baby face, but I think that she has more potential as a heel. I think that she has she has more room to have fun. We we all already know that she's got the ring skills. Um, it's it's there. So now it's a matter of saying, okay, how does she fit um, as a personality? And I think that most people find it easier, at least to my understanding, to be a heel over being a baby face. Being a baby face is hard. It's really hard to make people like you. It's not that hard to make people hate you. So uh, I think that this is right for Serena Deeb. Um, and I'm anxious to see what she does, man. Um, uh, you know, I've already said I'd like to see Andrade Alidolo, uh in the Pinnacle. I would really like to see. Um, I'd really like to see Serena Deeb in the Pinnacle. Even if it's like um, just an association, you know what I mean? Where it's like they're all in the Pinnacle together. They don't have to always come out because you don't see the Pinnacle together, except when they attacked Darby last week, and we didn't see them technically. But uh, you know, it's. Uh, I think to have like a whole network almost of people in the pinnacle wouldn't be a bad thing either. So I don't hate uh, it. Yeah. I think it would be all right. Right. Uh, what was I going to say in regards to something else though? Uh, oh, we didn't cover this America's top team. And uh, did you watch rampage? No, I wasn't able to very insulting Marcus unprofessional. Apologies. My apologies. My apologies. Uh, so junior Dos Santos, Holy crap. That guy is damn good like and he's loving it he's loving being like in the wrestling ring uh you know he's got a presence about him obviously he's such a notorious ufc figure that he just fits right the mold and like uh him being in that triple tag marcus it was cool to see and it's just like when we've mentioned this before when you know a, a talent that's not a wrestler uh comes into the business and is excited about it and has like shares that kind of uh, excitement and momentum in the ring. It's very cool to see. And Junior Dos Santos did that. Uh, So I'm all for like just getting those guys in there and Jorge Mazadal. He's great too. Paige Van Zant is fantastic. Marcus, what'd you think of that whole exchange between Jericho and America's top, not America's top talent. Jesus. Uh, (laughs) Help me out here. Why am I? Top team. Top team. Thank you. Jeez, oh, man. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I, I thought it was good. You know, uh, Jericho certainly still got the backing of the audience. I mean, it, there's no denying that. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, we've I, we said it last week. You know, their uh, manager, whose name is escaping me. Dan Lambert. Yes. Uh, very, very strong promo. Um, very Jim Cornette. He gets holy crap. Yeah, I'm gonna go out on a limb and say that he's uh he's a big listener to Jim Cornette's podcast. Um, because he's very much in that flavor. 
but yeah, it's 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 been fun to watch. You know, I, I'll I'll admit though, it's it's been one of my I'm not gonna say least favorite, but like least on my radar parts of Dynamite of late. Interesting. I thought they're really heating it up. I think uh, I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying like I, I feel like there's so much more to Dynamite now that like seeing Chris Jericho feud with a guy who's been in the business for 15 minutes is not blowing my hair back. Wait, who do you mean 15 minutes? Lambert. Lambert hasn't been in the business for 15. Marcus Lambert's been there for a while. He's been in Impact. He's been in MLW. See, see I don't. I, I before he made a surprise appearance one night on AEW, I, I, I had no idea who he was. Oh man, he was great. He was he's been a heel in MLW and has been great on commentary when he do commentary there. Hey, fair enough. My apologies. But uh yeah, man, I've I think they're heating it up and they're doing a good job with it. And I uh heck, I just interviewed Ethan Page just this past week and uh we talked about like Dan Lambert on the mic and Ethan Page on the mic and what uh he's been able to do and stuff like that. So uh it's I'm I'm very into this storyline and uh, you bloody Ethan, in. Oh, you want to talk about I was going to say you want to talk about brimming brimming with potential Ethan Page uh, the looks he's got on his face. You know, Jerry Lawler always said, like, when you're in the ring, you don't want to play to the front row. You want to play to the, the people way, way up in the nosebleeds because that way everybody gets to see what you're doing. Sure, Ethan, yeah. pa- that's Ethan Page. It's what he does. Um, every time he's out there, very big facial expressions, great ring work. Great promo, great look. And so how much more does this guy need? Right. Hey, if you guys haven't seen it yet, go to on WrestleZone's YouTube. Our, the full interview is right there. We talked for a good 25 minutes about that, about the, the tag match that was coming up, and then uh, his his uh, affection for collecting. And Dan Lambert, also a collector. There's a lot we talk about, so it's a real good conversation. Check it out on WrestleZone's YouTube. Um, also, uh what else there was something else that i'm like oh we got to talk about this too that i don't want to oh so but you didn't see this either and uh, this is a shocker margaret you might have to go back and try to watch this is cm punk versus your boy matt seidel ah okay uh how'd it go oh it was great and another great story told like you know they build it up like hey these guys have fought each other four times and last time they faced each other was like seven years ago or something and then they also faced like first in 2005 and uh punk and him did a very very good job and like those guys know how to work and it was a really really good match and like they ended on friendly terms and all that stuff so i thought it was really well done so uh yes marcus go back and watch that go back and watch minoru suzuki uh and and brian danielson i mean you're not gonna be disappointed it's all good stuff so yeah, I'm I'm anxious to see it. I've got it recorded, so uh, I will be watching it uh, probably tomorrow during the day. Um, and yeah, I'm I'm anxious to see it because I mean you know how I feel about Matt Seidel. Uh, should be the possibly the inaugural AEW uh, cruiserweight champion. Got to get my shit in, though. Absolutely. Um, I wouldn't <laughs> mind seeing him against Dante Martin in the final of that tournament. By the way. Oh yeah, that'd be very good. Very good. I was thinking of another cruiserweight today. Who was it though? I was like, oh, he'd be a good cruiserweight champ too. I can't think of it. Hey, by the way, happy. 10th anniversary to Ricky Starks. Today is when he made his pro wrestling debut 10 years ago today. 10 years ago today. Wow. Good for him. Yeah. Um, Mark, get your shit in. Plug what you what you got going on. Well, I want to look up this bit about Tony Khan that I wanted to mention to you. Yeah. Um, you can follow me at, at Marcus P. D'Angelo, which it says uh, right there below my name or below my my face. There's my name there. Um, 
so yeah, you can follow me on Twitter there. Um, as you guys know, I work for adfreeshows.com. So uh, definitely go check out adfreeshows. Uh, there's different tiers that you can join at. But let me tell you, man, uh, the experiences that they offer are unbelievable. Um, just this past week, we had David Manning on uh, adfreeshows.com uh, as an exclusive top guy experience. And uh, David Manning, uh, he's what what incredible insight, what incredible knowledge he's got of the of the business after so many years as a referee and a booker in WCCW. Um, so yeah, I just, you know, go out of your way to check out adfreeshows.com. There's, there's, uh, different plans you can join at and it is worth every damn penny. Uh, Dominic, you had some interesting interviews that we, we touched on Ethan page. What was the other hall of fame interview that you did? Oh yes. Uh, so I happen to speak with Nick Foley, the hardcore legend who got a little tip of the cap from evil Uno tonight. Um, but yeah, that's that should uh, debut. I'm thinking maybe this week. I'm not too sure when we're gonna get it up. But it's all about a, a, a campaign that I'm very excited about, and I think it's super cool. Is the Tag Me In United campaign, which is all about mental health awareness, and uh, all these wrestlers and talents got together uh, to help further the word out about mental health awareness, not only just for everybody out there, but also for the wrestlers too as well. And it's just, it's a very, very cool campaign. So Mick and I talked about it for a good 15 minutes. And we um, also touched upon a few wrestling topics too, as well as friend of the show, Thunder Rosa. So be on the lookout for that. Also, Marcus, we had a very special interview as well. Did we not? Uh, yes, Dominic, we most certainly did. Uh, fresh off his debut with uh, AEW. We've got, we uh, sat down and had a little chat ski with none other than Crowbar, Devin Storm, whatever you want to call him. He is a, uh, a journeyman of professional wrestling, been in, so, been in all the major promotions now. After He's the guy. AEW. He is the guy that has been in everything that you can probably think of, like from a promotional standpoint. And that's coming from uh, WAF to uh, WCW to ECW, all the way ROH. Uh, AEW, TNA, uh, TNA, and MLW too. It's he's covered so much ground. I think the only one he's missed is AWA from the the, uh, the major promotions. But I mean, he this guy has been everywhere. Incredible storyteller, incredibly down to earth human being. Um, so yeah, Crowbar is where it's at. It was fun seeing him on AEW. Um, and yeah, I, I hope to continue to see him on a, on a national level, because let me tell you, the guy's still silky smooth, much like Dustin Rhodes. Yeah. Yeah. Much like Dustin Rhodes, you know, he's some of these, some of these veterans can still go. I know he knows how to, he knows how to do it, man. And it was cool to see the blue meanie out there with him too. Two guys, two guys who are so smart to the business that it would only behoove Tony Khan and AEW to get them, uh, behind the scenes to help out and whatever and do a lot of work that way in some capacity in some capacity because blue mini's just got such a great mind for the business crowbar is so smart but he's also he's a trait he's a long time physical therapist he's the one that got joey janela back on track and everything like that so um give that a listen once it pops up that's not up yet so be on the lookout for those two interviews uh as well as check out my ethan page interview marcus We'll close it out with some of this stuff. Tony Khan has made some WCW comparisons. We got to see some of this. Yeah. Um, Dominic, you're frozen. You're frozen right now. You all right? There you go. Yeah. I'm good. You're back. All right. So uh, Tony Khan made some WCW comparisons. 
Yes. So this is what he said in a recent appearance on My Mom's Basement, which I believe is Robbie Fox from Barstool Sports. He says, <clears throat> what's happening right now is similar to what happened as the 90s went on. And right now, I'd say we're in the 96 phase, like where like big free agent moves has started to happen, said Tony. Like WCW started getting a lot of traction in 94 when Hogan and then Randy Savage later on came over. Uh, hold on, a pop-up thing thing came up. Randy Savage later came over and WCW built. They already had a nice, nice foundation stars and Nitro happened in 95. And I think what's happening right now in many ways is similar because in 96, there was a huge wave of free agency again. Even though not every business metric turned, you saw big growth for the WCW. It continued and continued. But I think they would have had a much better chance to sustain and succeed and be around a long time had they not burned through a lot of matches, which is something I'm very conscientious of. Conscience. Conscientious of. Uh, so it's he says, it's why I try to have a really deep roster but do different matches that are exciting for the fans each week. But we know we're not going to burn through every combination of matches because I think, first of all, maybe more young stars that we develop, and I think one of the mistakes WCW made in hindsight was they never got to see through a lot of the growth of their young stars. For me, I think the young equivalent of Jericho and Guerrero, say like MGF, Darby Allen, Britt Baker, Jungle Boy, these people are really important, and they're part of AEW long-term, both my plans literally under contract. Uh, so, and then, uh, this write up closes out with the shows. I just really believe as long as we keep doing shows that the fans want to see, and we're going to keep our audience said con. And that's one of the things that I think I really believe 20 plus years ago, WCW took their fans for granted a bunch of times. And I don't think you, I don't ever take you guys for granted. And that's one of the reasons I try to keep a lot up my sleeve, fresh matches, fresh stars, and constantly trying to make the show better. Mark. Obviously, we were big WCW kids. Um, but that being said, we also know a lot of its flaws. Uh, I got to agree with Tony on this one, right? I think, uh, you know, you pace it out. You learn from the mistakes of uh, past transgressions, and uh, you go from there. How, how do you feel about all those comments? Yeah, I mean, you know, to, to, to go a little bit deeper, you know, it's also about focused storytelling, um, uh, cohesive storytelling where WCW, you know, how many times have you heard the stories about how guys would arrive at the building and, uh, they, they would ask what they were doing for the night and nobody knew yet, you know? So, so it's, it's about planning ahead. It's about having a clear, concise story in your mind. And it sounds like Tony Khan's got everything together. Like he, he seems to have a grip. He knows what he's doing. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it is about not burning through your roster, but it's also about clear and concise, continuous storytelling, because as, as we all know, wrestling fans, they pay attention to the minor details. We notice, and we remember everything that happens in pro wrestling. So it's, it's important to tell the story just like you would on any television series where if, okay, like every, every move that you have to make has to make sense. And so Tony Khan has been executing it well, very, very well recently. So I'm excited to see how it goes. But then also Dominic, you know, he referenced how it's kind of like the free agents coming in. I told, I, I believe I said this a few months ago where I said um, the equivalent of bringing Hall and Nash in would be like bringing in Dan Brian Danielson, CM Punk, Bray Wyatt. And it's kind of starting to seem like they're, they're doing it. 
Um, so, I mean, they've, they've got two of the three already and I mean, look at how they're trending upwards. So I'm really anxious to see where they go with things. Uh, you and I have talked about them having, uh, too much of a stacked roster, but I think that with some careful planning, um, some, and some forethought, he can make it work at the stage that they're at now. Now, if they had 15 more guys who are main eventers elsewhere, uh, he's going to start bumping into issues, but. You know, I, I think that if he is careful with how he executes, everything's going to be fine. I think what we're happening to see, too, is um, somebody that's like kind of was cooling down that you're like, OK, where are they going to find a place for with somebody like Andrade? And here they found a pretty good spot for him right now. And it's, uh, you know, kind of thing like that. Now you think about other guys, too, that weren't necessarily on the show tonight, uh, like Ricky Starks, but he had a match at a Philly street fight with Brian Cage the other night. And then you also think about, um, who's the other ones that Eddie Kingston wasn't on tonight. Um, Pac. So there's some names an Archer and all that stuff. So there's some names that you got to mix up, but yeah, I think, you know, you lay out the groundwork, you kind of get yourself established, uh, get these gets all this. I think a big thing too, that maybe people aren't, considering as much maybe there's still a lot of kind of restrictions happening too when it comes to pandemic and stuff and people are still a little like everybody's still you know okay okay we got to get through this whole wave of delta variant bullshit too and i think you know once stuff really opens back up again and and everybody's ties kind of shirt collars kind of loosen up and everything i think that'll start getting momentum we'll see i'll start seeing a little bit more come to fruition too not just in regards to wrestling, but I guess as a, as a whole of, you know, the U S of United States of America. So there you go. <laughs> That's how I feel. I'm about that. Uh, all right. You ready to uh, wrap this thing up, Dom? Yes, I am. Marcus, what is your Marcus's Meltzer rating for this week? Uh, so I can only judge dynamite uh, because I didn't watch rampage. I'm sure right. rampage was excellent. Rampage is very good. So, uh, you know, it's I'm, I'm giving it a solid, Solid Dominic, 7.8 this week. 7.8. That's very good. All right. So you thought last week was better then, huh? I did. Um, now, I'm not taking anything away from this week. I don't know that there were any real holes or flaws, but there was also nothing that was like, holy shit, this week. So I think I, there was. I think, I think 7.8 is a fair rating. Now, okay. that being said, you know, the main event was something else. Mm-hmm. And I, you did. I also think it, what you just said too. You didn't see Rampage, and Rampage is pretty damn good. So. I'm sure that yeah, that would probably play a factor. That would definitely play a factor in it too for you. Um, all right. Uh, who is your MVP? Bobby Fish, Dominic. Um, oh, that's a good one. That dude's been showing out. Looks like a million bucks. I see no holes in his game uh, thus far. Uh, I've had a very small sample size of Bobby Fish, but so far so good. I like Bobby Fish. Bobby Fish is great. That's a great pick. I love Bobby Fish. And yeah, to that point, Spider-Man Venom with Brian Danielson. But I got to give it. I can't help it. I got to give it to Hangman, man. That promo he laid down was such a huge takeaway for me. Um, and he, again, he reestablished who he is, what he's about, and all encompassing, not just from a wrestling standpoint, but from a personal standpoint that fans can uh, really relate to. Bringing up the dad shit, man. I I just thought it was really good stuff. Uh, a very memorable promo for Hangman that uh, you're going to hang your cowboy hat on. Hashtag on. dad shit. Hashtag dad shit. Uh, let's make sure we don't, we don't miss any questions here. If there's any other ones that we 
did not get. Let's see. Hangman MVP. Suzuki is James's uh, MVP. Uh, oh, James says Rampage was an 8.5, and he gave 8.2 to a Dynamite. Rampage. Oh, that she gave it an 8 and an 8 across the board. Stephen Chambers gives a Dynamite a 7.5. Uh, Leland says one of the biggest problems WCW had was the wrestlers had their own agenda going on. That's a very true. Point. I'm, I'm glad you highlighted that, Dominic, because I think the creative control was one of the uh, the major downfalls of WCW, where you allow somebody to come in and say, hey, I have control over my own character. Do you realize how much that handcuffs you? Um, yes. you, you essentially you're handcuffing yourself to someone else's will. Um, and you know, Ed, uh, obviously I'm referring to Hogan right now where, uh, if Hogan decided, Hey, I don't want to put this person over, uh, he didn't have to, um, as, a, as per the contract that he signed. So it's, I don't know. I, I think that, uh, that was a huge flaw in WCW, but that being said, you know, it's Hogan was still willing to do business if it made sense as he did with, with Bill Goldberg. So I'm, I'm not trying to go heel on, on Hogan right now. But uh, but I think that the fact that Tony Khan has complete control uh, over everything, um, you know, it's it could be a detriment if he was a bad writer uh, that he's got complete control over everything. But the thing is that he is a good writer, so it's uh, he's doing a nice job with the pencil, and I'm glad that he had, there's one person who who the buck stops with on every matter. And let's say this too: the big uh, kind of buzz too with AEW throughout this week was the leech card that got out. Uh, did you happen to see that Tony Khan was on the sidelines at the Jacksonville game and, uh, somebody took a picture of him and they zoomed up on, uh, the notebook that he had. And there was the speculative, uh, full gear card being shown. Um, Marcus, me and, you know, from experience of doing e-feds as well as making tournaments in no mercy, there's a lot of brainstorming that goes on. Uh, Not to mention WCW rewritten, Dominic. Uh, yes. There's there's a lot of strands that go into that kind of thing. So, uh, yeah, it's, I mean, you know, I don't know if I put a lot of stock into it um, as far as as far as what we saw or didn't see in that silly, blurry image. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, I mean, if, if what people are speculating they saw in there is true, it sounds like good stuff. Sounds like good stuff. And if it's not, I mean, heck, how many cards did Tony Khan write out? He That could have just been one of several that he's written out. Like, right. Of one of five know. potential options. Yes. So, you know, hey, you know what? Just tune in week in, week out. It's, it's been good stuff. Marcus, it's been a lot of fun. Uh, AW's really running on some all cylinders right now. I think what will help people, too, don't focus so much on the ratings. I don't think that's a, too big of a deal. It's cool to talk about and fun to talk about. Obviously, like, you know, it's been like WWE's been catching some momentum and stuff like that. But, hey, it's competition. That's what it's all about. But if you just focus, if you're just enjoying it for what it is, too, it's a lot of fun that way as well. So that's it, man. I mean, we're in a we're in a very fun period for wrestling right now. Um, so let's just I mean, let's let's not put the pressure on on ourselves or anyone else of the of the business of the wrestling business. I, I mean, if you can se- separate yourself a little bit and enjoy it as a fan, you know, looking at the business of the wrestling business is fun in retrospect. You know, that's that's actually Eric Bischoff's big line when it comes to his podcast. Eighty three weeks is, you know, we cover the business of the, of the wrestling business and it's cool, but it's cool because we're covering business that he did more than a decade ago. You know what I mean? 
Mm-hmm. Uh, when you're when you're doing that currently, trying to focus on on the business behind the wrestling business, I I think it takes away from the fun. Just enjoy the moment and let's talk. Let's let's revisit the business aspect of it. You know, uh, in a decade or two on a podcast. Heck, the landscape's is constantly changing, especially today too, with how we're watching wrestling, consuming wrestling, all that stuff. So it's always a different thing. Marcus, two weeks coming up, Halloween. What's going to be your costume for the two dynamite dudes Halloween special? Ah, the two dynamite dudes Halloween special. I'm probably going to come down here uh, dressed as a disheveled dad. Dominic, mm-hmm. what are you going to be? I can't disclose that. I have a couple ideas in mind, but rest assured, I will be Halloweened out. Well, I'll tell you this, Dominic. You pop off that that orange shirt, keep the vest. Your debut, Scott Hall, right now. Oh wow! How about that? I'm trying to think AEW more in the lines of things, but yes, I could be that. I could just be shirtless underneath. <laughs> I gotta start doing a couple more push-ups though. <laughs> and get a spray tan happening, Chico. Brother. Brother, dude. All right, Mark. Anything else you want to say before we kick it out of here? No, man. That's gonna do it for me. Uh yeah, uh, as always, thanks for joining us, guys. Fun chatting with you. Uh and uh, you know, please join us next week. Send us DMs. I'll respond if I can. Uh my schedule's insane, but Dad I'll do shit, I'll do my Dad best. Shit. Dad shit, uh, job shit. I'm a busy boy. Busy man, busy man. Check out a couple of the other interviews on WrestleZone. Colin Tessier interviewed Jay Lethal, who we just talked about. So tune into that. That just dropped this weekend. So give that a listen as well. So there you go, guys. Thanks for tuning in. It's always a pleasure. Late night, Saturday Night Dynamite. Watch some SNL, I guess, if it's on. And have yourself a mighty fine one, all right? Adios. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Everybody seems so messed up, but you know.